Welcome to Wednesday's midweek edition of Hot Takes here alongside myself, David Smith, is Cody Blazak. And we there's a lot of lot of directions we could go with this show here. There's a lot going on, a lot of different areas. We've got 30 minutes to cover everything. We're going to start with the Monday night game. NFL recapping that one. And we'll go ahead and talk about Thursday night's game as well, cover the NFL in the first part of it. But, I mean, Monday night's game was looked like a, a snooze fest for the most part until the fourth quarter hit. Once the fourth quarter rolled around, I mean, Darnell Mooney caught had a 15-yard run there, a jet sweep type of thing out of the backfield. Pittsburgh responded with a field goal, and then Chicago scored again, made it a field goal game, and then Chicago took the lead with 146 to go, and Big Ben was pretty surgical on that last drive there, got them within field goal range, and they kicked the game-winning kick to, to walk that one off. Yeah, this neither of these teams are terrific teams this year. Uh, Pittsburgh definitely looks like they're on the up and coming. I don't th- think it's anything to be excited about. I mean, they haven't played tremendous teams. Big Ben is obviously old, um, kind of kind of on a decline, but puts them at five and five. I think for the season. Nope, five and three. Excuse me. Um, I don't know why I thought we were so many games in, but. I, very well, they can go six and three next week as well. They play the Lions. Yeah, I mean this Steelers team—they're a game back of the Ravens, and we have we've yet to see the Steelers and Ravens face off this season. Um, so, I mean, with how the Pittsburgh Steelers started the season, they've they've really turned it around. They've now won four straight, and they're like you said, looking to make it five straight against the winless Lions. This Steelers team is moving in the right direction. They. I, I can't rule them out from taking the, this AFC North division. You know who's fun to watch on that team? Najee Harris. Oh, he's a beast. Absolutely. He's, his post-game interviews are absolutely <laughs> hilarious as well. If anyone, for some reason, or, well, if you speak Spanish, you probably watch the, I don't know what the exact channel is, but the ESPN game where they do it in Spanish and everything, one of the greatest interviews I have ever seen in my life. Go watch it. It's on. I'm pretty sure ESPN's Instagram put it up today. It is absolutely incredible to watch. He starts singing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a funny guy in the post game. A lot of these younger guys have been fun to watch in their post game press conferences. A lot more sense of humor and a lot less just answering questions. And it's always it's fun to watch. I mean, if you look at at Joe Burrow and Jamar are fun in their, in their post-game press conferences. If you look to the NBA, Anthony Edwards has been really fun in his press conferences as well. It's great to see some of the younger guys in the league embracing a fun with the media rather than having to go, ugh, i got to answer questions now. You know, it's, it's great to see. It's good for the sport as well. But looking ahead to this week's NFL games, obviously our next episode will be Friday, so we'll go ahead and hit the Thursday night game. This game... I think it could end up being a good game. Obviously, we don't know Tua's status for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins will host the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens have looked like one of the best teams in the AFC to this this point in the season. They play a lot of close games. We talked about it Monday, three overtime games they've played this season. Um, they've gone 2-1 and one in those games, I believe. Yeah, they dropped that opening week game to the Raiders in overtime. They beat the Chargers, or they beat the Colts in overtime. And they beat the Vikings this past week in overtime. Baltimore sits just over a touchdown favorite at seven and a half. I do think Baltimore walks out of this game with the win. I think they only win it by a field goal, though. I think it's another close game. Yeah, I think it's a close game. I think Baltimore is a very good team, but I think 
I don't know whether there's a whole lot of confidence or not, but um, they're definitely not a bad team. Baltimore is a team that can make a run. They have a good record. It's just these close games are a little unnerving to see. Yeah, that will be that'll that'll be it's a sneaky good game to watch Thursday night. I think I think when you look at this and you see the the two and seven Dolphins playing the six and two Ravens and you think oh, that'll be a snooze fest. Baltimore should run away with this one, but I think that especially if Miami has two at quarterback, I, I think this game could set up to be a fun one to watch. We'll have to stick around for that one. Last night, college basketball got underway. There were a ton of games, so so many games. Of course. We're out of WMSV at Mississippi State here. Mississippi State plays tonight against North Alabama. That will be um, that one's on the SEC Network, I believe. Um, actually, SEC Network Plus streaming on your platforms there to watch. Um, but last night, the Champions Classic took place. Um, obviously, kicked off with with Kansas and Michigan State playing. Kansas is a very very deep team this year. This team looks like. They're back, poised to make a deep run in the tournament. Yeah, I, Kansas is—they're just one of those typical basketball schools. I mean, you expect good things from them. You expect them to be good, and they came out and showed out like I think many of us expected us to. Uh, trampled Michigan State. I, I still have hopes for Michigan State. I mean, I think they'll be a tournament team. I think uh, those Tom Izzo teams are going to be good nine times out of ten anyway so I mean I think it's just a little sneak peek of what we're going to see from both of these teams this season yeah Kansas had eight players playing double digit minutes last night this this is a very deep bench Bodgy though yeah I mean he I mean, looked, what do you have 29 points he had 29 points nine of 17 from the field did not miss a free throw had 17 of them in the second half I believe I mean he was he was popping off he is looking at to be that that front runner of of this that leader of this Kansas team, um, but they've got quite a few veteran guys on that team. They've got Remy Martin, has transferred from Arizona State, who uh, will be a lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, moving on to the second half, of the the better game on paper, as as it's as it's put, uh, between Duke and Kentucky. Duke walked away victorious in that one. Um, but it, I mean, it wasn't an easy contest for him. Kentucky was was able to was pushing them to the limit there. Duke really they both of these schools had down years last year, and I think that based off watching this game, they're both going to be back looking to looking to be at the top of their conferences once again. Yeah, Coach K's last season opener. Good to see him win that game. Um, yeah, the, both these teams look to be back. Uh, Duke won by eight points, but. There was a point in that second half where Kentucky made a run and closed the gap within it was two or four points. I can't remember exactly, but I think we're going to see some fight from this Kentucky team this year, especially after the season they had last year, and especially for this Duke Duke team. I mean, both of these teams are they get a lot of one and done players. Um, I think they'll both be fun teams to watch. Kentucky, I think very possibly will win the SEC this year again. Or not again, because they didn't win it last year, but once again with John Calipari. And then for Duke, I mean, they're always a front runner for the ACC, so it's very possible they win the ACC. It's uh, These matchups in the beginning of the year are always fun, though, where we get to see a little bit of 
non-conference action between some big teams. So high hopes for both of them. And Trevor Keels, woo, he looked uh, he looked like he knows what he's gonna. Let me rephrase that. It looks like he's gonna come in being a big part of Duke this year. Yeah, Duke has reloaded with with quite a few freshmen this year. Obviously, they think they're two best players. Um, one of them being Keels, the other one being Paolo Banchero. Um, he looked great last night as well. He put up 22, Keels put up 25. Um, Duke is, is back. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that as well. Um, and obviously it was – I was really interested to see how Kentucky played in this game. Um, I think that Duke is just is just a little better than they are this season, um, and obviously that showed in this game. But Kentucky is back, and they were preseason to pick, pick to finish number one in the SEC – um, I think after watching this game, there's no doubt that that's a, a, a very true possibility. Yeah, I, I think it's very possible as well. I mean, you, you're you're not going to play the best you've ever played in the beginning of the year. So they're obviously going to work some kinks out. They're going to get better as the season progresses. And they may very, mel- very well may be able to beat Duke come the end of the season. I, I also didn't realize Duke only made one three-point field goal last night. They went one of 13. And still got a pretty good win. So that, that'll that be something interesting to watch as the yeah. season goes on. Positive sign for Duke fans right there as well. I mean, you shoot less than 10% from three and you're, you still walk away with the win over a top 10 opponent. That's impressive to do nonetheless. Moving on, two teams I want to touch on here before we dive into this upcoming matchup. UCLA surgical win. Obviously it was against Cal State Bakersfield, but... Um, UCLA projected is is preseason number two. They looked really really good. Um, I mean they won by thirty seven points. You you can't say they did much wrong in that game. Um, same with Villanova over Mount St Mary's won by forty points in that game. Um, both of these teams looked very surgical. They didn't make a whole a ton of mistakes, um, and they play each other Friday night. Um, that game is at ten thirty east ten thirty. Central, 11.30 Eastern, late night, Friday night game. Um, that will be one to watch. I want to go and touch on it now. I figured Friday we'd be all over football. Um, but, I mean, this this is an early season hype matchup. This is a big-time matchup. Yeah, with UCLA's first game of the season in particular, honestly, Jaime Hawkes and Johnny Juzang, they didn't live up to my expectations. Yes, they played well. They had... Uh, 33 points between the two of them. But I don't know if it's just beginning of the season or I, I expect just on the pure fact of the way the two of them played in the tournament last season, I expect a little more from them. I'm not, not a whole lot, but I mean, last year Johnny Juzang was just unheard of. I mean, he was potentially the best player in March Madness, and coming into this game, I was thinking he would at least have 20 or 25 points, finished with 19, Jaime Hawk has finished with 14 or 13, I believe, so I still have high hopes for him. For Gonzaga, I wasn't very impressed with Gonzaga either. Yeah, I just we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Gonzaga in a second. They've got a big matchup Saturday that we'll talk about Um but I want to throw something at you from this Villanova team that I I, recently you, well, I thought for some reason I was thinking 
my bad. Let's go to Villanova because I forgot we were previewing. I had a little brain fluster. I know you're good. It's fun to talk I, about. I this. knew there were I knew there were two big games coming up, and I could not remember who in the world UCLA was playing to save oh, my yeah. life. UCLA uh, plays Villanova. That game will be in LA. Villanova is a very technical team. It's a, it's extremely technical. They did not make a, a very many mistakes at all. I mean, obviously, it was against Mount St. Mary's, not someone like UCLA where they'll they'll face Friday night, but. Villanova played two freshmen this entire game. Neither of them started for them. They're starting two seniors, two juniors, and a sophomore, I believe. Um, this team is very, very veteran-led. By any chance, is Villanova one of three, their players? Three seniors, a junior, and a sophomore. No, is, is, one of, is one of their freshmen, by any chance, the brother of tight end from the Browns and Joku? I mean, they 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 share the same last name. I I have no idea if they're related or not. Are they both from Newark? If I'm saying that correctly, uh, the things you know. And no idea. Colin Gillespie looked really good in his return from his injury. He was the fourth leading scorer on his team, um, but I mean, he was he was very surgical out there. Obviously, their top scorer, which which will be a common theme this year, Justin Moore. Um, he's very, very he can he can shoot the basketball. He can shoot the lights out. Shot six of eight from three. Um, he'll be fun to watch this year. And there will be games that Gillespie drops thirty as well. I mean, he's he's ex- incredibly fun to watch. This Villanova team, veteran led. They don't make a lot of mistakes. This this has the setup to be a potential national championship winning Villanova basketball team. Yeah, and that's usually the trend for Villanova. They're not usually a whole bunch of young guys. There are a lot of experienced veterans that come in or serve their time more or less. And then they come in and show what they can do as they get older. I mean, it's how it usually is. Also, little we have another Archie Diacono at Villanova that played a couple minutes last night, didn't see much from him, but I think that'll be fun to watch a little a younger brother play after we saw what his older brother could do there. Yeah, his older brother was obviously fun to watch there. Um, Chris Archidiacono played 11 minutes last night. That's solid minutes for for Villanova right there. Villanova did play 10 people. I mean, when you win by 40, you typically have some time to get some garbage minutes in for some guys. Um, before we get to this Gonzaga-Texas matchup, Ohio State survived a scare yesterday what a wild finish that was a wild finish three point and one and then ohio state takes it in and gets it in the paint and scores yeah that was i mean i i saw that shot put up by akron you were down three they were thinking get the three and they get fouled six seconds to go on the three three falls and one make the free throw they're up by one with six seconds to go and obviously ohio state you can't advance the ball in college basketball so they Smartly dribbled the ball up the floor really quickly and called timeout with a little over three seconds left. Um, and then it was a beautifully set up play to get the ball right into the post. Um, and they were able to do it. Zed Key got that shot, got that layup to win it. Um, EJ Liddell played very, very well too. 30 minutes, 25 points. I mean, yeah, he was, he was this, the some good time production. Team leader in points, assists, and rebounds. Tie for the team lead in assists. But oh, um, double double action! First game of the season, no big deal. Oh, of course, yeah. They and they Zed Key was the second leading scorer right there. Of course, the biggest points being those final two on that layup. But I mean, this is 
this is college basketball. There's going to be crazy things that happen in this game. Akron was a double-digit underdog, if if not by 20 or more. Um, they were not expected to come out and, and really test this team. And this game, it's not like Akron did anything necessarily insane. Ohio State was a 16.5-point favorite. Um, they just played them toe-to-toe. Like every single answer that Ohio State had, Akron had one right back. It was there, – there was not any crazy – run away from this game and I mean Ohio State looked like they were going to run away with the game late in the first half um but I mean Akron fired right back they got up by as many as as 14 15 points and you know they they Akron was was not willing to let them go they they were not having it they were gonna and they they made it close in the second half was really a lot of fun to watch it's great to see college basketball back for sure and we want to preview this matchup this weekend saturday i believe between gonzaga and texas that will be a fun one to watch was not impressed with gonzaga i know they got the win i just i don't know and i i know david's a big fan of i don't want to say fan but kind of hyped up on gonzaga which i'm not going to discredit them they're a good team they're number one ranked in the country at the moment, and I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed there all season long unless they have a little slip-up. But I'm just... I didn't get to watch a whole lot of them, but I just wasn't super impressed with what I did see of them. Um, I just... I'm not sure about this team this year. It's hard when you lose some of the big-time players that you had last year, like Jalen Suggs or Corey Kispert, to come back the next season with a bunch of new kids and come back and try and make that run again. I know you still have Drew Temme and uh, Andrew Nemhard. So, I mean, you've got some players returning. Holmgren, too. So, I mean, yeah, you've add, got some adding, returning. Adding Chet Holmgren, who was the number one player in this in this freshman class, I mean, he is he looked unbelievable last night for sure. He is just some, – some of the – like his, his stat lines this season are going to be insane. I mean, you look at it – they played Dixie State, and you know he he played 28 minutes. He did not make a three, which we know he can shoot the three ball. Um, he's been called he's been called like a great value Kevin Durant at this point. He looks he's seven feet tall. He can shoot the three, but I mean 14 points, 13 rebounds, six of them coming on the offensive end with six assists and seven blocks as well. Is I mean that's that's crazy. That stat line is insane. Obviously. Nimhard didn't play very well. I mean, he just he didn't do a lot for the stat sheet, um, which they, they're going to need him to step up and make some plays. And, you know, a lot of pressure taken off of Drew Timmy with, with Holmgren there because Timmy was usually um, the guy that was responsible for grabbing all the offensive rebounds, and now they've got Holmgren down there, um, which will be interesting to see because Timmy's not known to stretch the floor a whole lot. But um, I think this Gonzaga team – is set up for a lot of success this season and you know it'll be it'll be a fight against texas this weekend because he's got the horns up it's chris beard's first season there andrew jones is still playing for texas which is (laughs) his story his story is incredible um i don't know how many years of eligibility they gave him off of that he um obviously battled leukemia uh started out 
in 2016-17 at Texas. Uh, battled leukemia for about two years in there. Um, and it's great to great to see him back on the floor. He was he was their leading scorer um, in this game against Houston Baptist. Actually, no, he was not. Um, but he had 11 points, two assists, and a rebound. Shot three of six from three. He looked good. I think the X factor for this team will be Courtney Ramsey. Um, Ramey, excuse me, uh, senior guard right there that he'll be one to watch. He's going to have some games where he lights up the scoreboard. He can put up 25 anytime he walks on the floor. Cody's just, just nodding in agreement over there. I don't have much to add. Yeah, I mean, this this game will be a ton of fun to watch. And that's it for the college basketball piece of this episode. Moving on, the college football rankings were dropped last night. Any surprises there to you, Cody? Um, Yes, actually. Arkansas only being ranked 25th was a bit of a shock to me. I don't know if they should have gone much higher but I I thought they should have been borderline last week. Maybe 26-27. And then you put them at 25. I, I had to, I'm not too sure how I feel about that. I think they deserve to be ranked. I don't think they deserve to be ranked very high. But I, I thought you would have given them somewhere in between that 22-18 to 18 mark. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. A bit of a surprise to me. Um, Wake Forest only dropping three spots was a surprise to me. Yeah, that one was <clears throat> that one drew a little question mark to me there. Obviously, they have a big contest this upcoming weekend. Baylor uh, only yeah. dropping a spot also was a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, no one below them did a did a whole lot to prove that they should jump up over them. Um which I guess was what the committee's thought process was there. Uh, but, I mean, I I think a team like Ole Miss is, is better than, than Wake Forest and Baylor right there, so I, I would just think that they should be higher than them, maybe even BYU as well. Um, and it is fantastic to see the Utah Utes get into the polls, um, get into the rankings, because I've had this game circled on the calendar for a few weeks now. Um, this weekend they, they play Arizona, 1-8 Arizona, who won their first football game in two years this this past weekend against Cal. And then next weekend they'll host Oregon. And that's the game I have Oregon dropping, leading them to no longer be in the college football playoff conversation. But To who? Utah being, oh, okay, beating okay. Oregon. Ooh, all yeah. right. Um, Utah entering the polls now at number 24, if they take care of business this weekend, there's no reason for them to drop out of it, of course. Um, and NC State and Wake set up a crazy matchup this weekend. Wake, is, Wake is favored in that game, which which is a little... I, th- I think that NC State takes this one. Oh, I think NC State takes this one as well. Um, I, think, I think Wake Forest is a little bit of a fraud, but we'll find out this week. I've got NC State taking it. Real quick, also, just looking at this, these rankings, it looks, and I didn't realize this until now, it looks as if the playoff committee 
is setting up Cincinnati so they cannot get in. Just uh, Ohio State, Michigan. It goes Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan and Ohio State still have to play. Michigan State and Ohio State still have to play. Then one of those three teams, do not know which one it will be yet, will be playing in the Big Ten Conference Championship most likely. It looks as if they almost have it set up that the conference champion will get in, and if they don't, one if there's a one-loss team between the three of them, they're going to put it in over Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that um, it, it it looks like they're setting this up so Cincinnati cannot get in. Well, I mean, obviously the committee wouldn't put them in right now. I wouldn't um, put them in. Period. But, and I still I'm. No, I'm not sold on Cincinnati. I will never be sold on Cincinnati until you put them in a good conference. Yeah, which they'll get there in a couple of years. But um, if they would have just expanded the playoffs, <clears throat> we wouldn't have this issue. True. I would love to see. I don't a know why. Expansion. I don't know what six teams is going to hurt. I really don't understand what six teams would hurt. First one and two get buys. Three plays six. Four plays five. Worst seed plays number one. The other seed plays number two. I don't think it's that hard to figure out. I don't either. And you make more money. Yeah, NCAA loves money. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I'm not. I'm still not sure why they have not expanded this. And heck, Oklahoma still has a chance to slip in. They're undefeated. I have a hard time believing if they're a conference champion, they're not in. Which I think that they'll. I think Oklahoma and Cincinnati will both make their way to the playoff. Um, which you're you're rolling your eyes right now. It's 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 not a hard path for them to get there. Not both of them. It's really not. Um, if Ohio State wins out, yeah, they're in. Yep. If Alabama wins out, they're in. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not counting Alabama winning out. They're gonna win out. If Georgia loses the SEC championship, they're still in. Yeah. What am I missing? If Oklahoma wins out, they're in. Yeah. There's your four. See, but you're talking about one of the unlikely scenarios where Alabama beats Georgia. Why is that unlikely? That's an opinion. Georgia's going to be favored. That's just the the favorite is more likely. Favors don't always win. Yeah, but they're just more likely to win. I'm looking at the likely scenarios. I I think it's likely that Ohio State wins. I think it's likely Alabama wins that game. See, that's what you think. I'm going off who's favored. They haven't been announced yet. You know Georgia's going to be favored in that game. I don't know. I, the only right, reason so I say that is when is the last time Bama hasn't been favored in a game? It's been years. Yeah, and that will change this season. I think. I think that this. We I all know. know we all know how dominant this Georgia team is. No, I I completely agree. This Georgia team is the best we've seen all year or all in the past couple seasons. But I have a very hard time believing that this Georgia team is going to beat this Alabama team. Just on the pure fact of the history and just everything. I'm not sure that Kirby Smart's going to be able to outsmart Saban. So let's just let's let's put all this aside. Oregon <laughs> can still run the tables. True. And then you have all those teams minus Alabama. Oregon takes Alabama's spot. Cincinnati's still not in. Yeah. Possible. I think Oregon drops a game. Um I, I, don't, I don't think it's I think it's I don't think it's unlikely either. I think they'll pretty much have a have a toss up um, between this Oregon Utah game, um, based on the based on the way they had it set up this past weekend with the Washington game, I mean Oregon was only a touchdown favorite. We talked about that last week. Um, they're not big on this Oregon team, and there's no real reason to be. I don't think they're the real deal. 
Um, I think they will drop to Utah. So, I mean, if Oregon drops to Utah, Georgia wins out. Ohio State wins out. Oklahoma wins out. Cincinnati wins out. That's your four. Cincinnati's not winning out. <laughs> we don't we don't have our button today. We don't have our button today, but that would have been a great time to use the button. Yeah, it would have been I don't a know fantastic if, time. I don't know if Cincinnati actually won't win out. They uh, it, SMU's taken two losses in the past two weeks, so that kind of hurts them. We're gonna see Cincinnati and SMU play in two weeks, which is I think I mean they play UCF this week. Or no, excuse me, SMU plays UFC this week. Cincinnati has, has two and seven South Florida this week, SMU next week, and then East Carolina, who currently has a winning record, surprisingly, to close out their season. But we'll touch on all the college football and NFL action this weekend, this Friday, I should say, on our evening episode. For Cody Blazak, I'm David Smith. We'll talk to you guys 6 p.m. on Friday.